When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening, everyone. I'm John Borton, and you are tuned to the Wolverine Live. Uh, we have, as always, our uh, multi-talented friend, Tom Crawford, here with us that uh, does press pass with Jack Ebling on Sunday nights and has his own podcasting network. You know Tom very well, the uh, the passionate, uh, intelligent side of the uh, this particular Wolverine uh-huh. Live. You're kind. Tom, good to have you back. And, I mean, the news just keeps rolling. It is yeah, still football season. It will always be football season. And it, really, the biggest news that Michigan could have right now, I understand the other part, and we're going to talk about the other part, but the biggest news is the fact that one Blake Corum yeah. is going to be a Wolverine next year. Yeah. yeah and that, yeah. that just means, I mean, just talk about the, the impact of that. Yeah, well, let me pre-qualify your intro. I'm not multi-talented. I'm multi-opinionated. You know, oh. I mean, my opinions are probably worthless. But no, that was the that was the that was the, the reaching in the candy box and getting the getting that you know that that piece of candy that tastes good um, for what's happened with Michigan football. You know, starting you know with obviously the Fiesta Bowl and and then all the other drama that we've we've talked about with, with Harbaugh. I know we're going to address that, but no, that was great. Love that kid. We all like Blake Corm. I mean, for those of us privileged to sit in front, you know, he's he's sits in front of us at, at the and the press conferences post game. When he walks in, that smile is locked in, and it never leaves him from when he walks out. And uh, I, I, I just what he what he does to give back to his community, giving you know he, he gets hurt in the Illinois game, and the next day he's giving out free turkeys. I mean, this guy is a special young man, a great addition, great football player, resilient kid. And uh, boy, what a dominant backfield that will be with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards next year in 2023. There's no question about it. And I've only been doing this for 32 years, but I tell you what, in that time, I don't think there has been a better ambassador for Michigan right. football than Blake Corum. The right. way he treats people, the way he goes out and uh, and gives out the turkeys, the way he runs camps, the way he presents his 
incredible passion for Michigan football. I don't think, I mean, there have been a lot of guys that represent this program really, really well. I don't think I would put anybody above Blake Corum. No. So, that, yeah. I mean, that and was, that's, just, that's just away from the field. Now, I mean, oh, the kid absolutely. was, he was in position to win a Heisman had it not been for that unfortunate injury against Illinois. And, you know, who knows what they do in that TCU game. We'll talk about that uh, disaster as well in relation to the national championship game. But to have Blake Corum back for next year and and not just have him back, have him extremely motivated. You saw him on the sideline uh, when his team was playing TCU. You saw him on crutches. You saw him, uh, how intense he was and how he was feeling it and with them every step of the way. And now he comes out and talks about how, uh, how he's going to uh, come back, heal up, and go after everything next year. Yeah, I heard his interview on Rich Eisen. For those of you who did not, may search that on your podcast and find out, you know, and listen to it because it was so genuine. And Rich is a Michigan alumni and a big, big follower of the program. And so that was kind of cool. And yeah, he's everything you want. Um, I, you know, I think it's also let's go, let's just get into the decision making process. I like what Michigan's doing with the NIL approach. Um, th- this whole different category, one more year, and however that fits into guys that are on the on the borderline of should I stay or should I go? Because you're trying to you're trying to you know with, with players getting hurt, obviously you're trying to make the best decision for your family, for yourself. You put in all that work, being a college football player, eventual NFL play football player, such a small percentage and a lot of work. So um, I'm glad he came back. I think it was wise decision, a fourth round draft pick maybe. And when you when you've come off an injury. You still got NFL personnel people having that little anxiety in there in the back of their head. You know, how is he going to play out on a on a regular football field? And now he can prove that in 2023 and say, you know, prove that he's as good as new. And uh, boy, that's uh, for that Michigan running game. Now, if that can convert uh, his presence, can convert maybe a Zach Zinter coming back. And I and I listen, I'm all bullish on kids making their own decisions in their lives. Uh, it's none of my business, but that would be selfishly. That would be great. A couple more guys up front to carve holes, carve holes uh, for him, for Blake would would be tremendous. And the thing is, they can do it now without being relatively oh, yeah. broke. I mean, it's it's well, it's, a, yeah. it's a very different world. I, I yeah. liken Blake Corum staying for his senior year to Tyrone Wheatley staying for his senior year in yeah, terms of. It's impact and a great running back, but it's different in this way. I mean, Tyrone Wheatley wasn't uh, looking at uh, a pretty decent sized pile of money if he stuck around Ann Arbor for another year. Yeah. Blake Corum is. I mean, yeah. he's going to be taken care of, to- totally uh, above board and legitimate and all that. Uh, and that's how they can do it now. But that it makes a difference, I believe. Here, here's what I'm wondering, Tom, and I, I – have thought about this in the days since, you know, you saw Donovan Edwards break out and have the two long touchdown runs against Ohio state. You saw him uh, excel against Purdue. You, he added another hundred yards uh, plus against TCU. Here's a kid that came a whisper away from a thousand yard season. And he didn't really get a ton of snaps through the first part of it. Uh, Blake Corum at times really carrying the load. I'm thinking to myself, all right, 
he's thinking on the one hand, my buddy's back, my my yeah. teammates back. Let's go, let's win here. this thing. Uh, but a, a little part of him in the back of his mind had to say, yeah. "Okay, well, what's yeah. what's this do? How are we gonna how yeah. we, how does this work?" Yeah, well, great point, JB. You know, in, in the midst of all this grass is always greener on the other side. Looking for the other opportunities. Maybe another school wants me. I, you know, I, I I get all that. But I'm telling you what, where, you know, when I watch Georgia and uh, last night, I know we're going to get into that, but I mean, Michigan's receiver core needs help. Okay, and if they could uh, somehow. Uh, utilize Donovan Edwards in kind of a hybrid position where he's where you spread him out, where he's almost a receiver as much as he is a running back, where you get them both on the field. There's a there's a guy, and I'm going way back, and the young guys are going to say, "Oh God, here goes Crawford again." Going back to the old days, there was a guy named Glenn Dowdy who was a starting running back 1969, and he got hurt, and Billy Taylor came in, and Billy Taylor took his job. Well, but Glenn Dowdy. You know, wasn't removed from the field. They put him in a wingback position. They kept. They ran a lot of counter trays and stuff like that, counter plays, and and they got. He stayed involved as well as a receiver. And I, you know, you, I think both of them on the field at the same time, where Donovan can use those stellar pass receiving skills as a as a dual kind of threat guy. Um, that's I, I'm hoping creativity genes get going on that Michigan offense. And they utilize him in that way. I'm sure they will to some extent. He's a heck of a receiver. Yeah, and, great uh, hands. Wide receiver is is a, a disconcerting situation in my mind, John, because you know, I mean, Andrew Anthony transferred out. I mean, you know, I, I, Darius Clemens was supposed to be the guy. He's, he's going to be the guy next year. But he didn't have a lot of playing time. And uh, I'm just wondering: is it portal time for wideout, or is Diamond Edwards kind of a dual role kind of guy that could fill some of that void? I think if they find someone in the portal that uh, is looking to have uh, 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 Olu Oluwatimi type season to finish out, and I mean, there's there's a Michigan's a pretty good place for that right now. Uh, yeah. But I also think these young guys, these guys that came in last year and were talked about as the uh, the freak show, but really kind of everything quieted down when the season starts, as it often does when you're uh, pretty well stocked at a position. I, I think that they're going to really step forward, and uh, we'll see at least a couple of those guys become uh, much more prominent in the mix because they're going to need to. Somebody's going to need oh, to, and I, yeah. I think that these guys have the the uh, frame and the talent to get that done. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as far as uh, Donovan Edwards, I mean, he can catch the ball out of a of, of the regular running back situations. Uh, in addition to, you could get in addition to the Use him in the slot. Yes, to be on. To, so, so on point on that. Donovan Edwards should be on the field every snap. <laughs> okay, you know, and if Blake wants to take a break, move move Donovan over to tailback. Okay, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing that out. I mean, he should get. Yeah, well, he should have a they, great year as a huge part of that offense next year. They have both earned the right. And if you have two threats of that level on the field at the same time, oh, yeah. you make it tougher on a defense. No question yep. about it. Yep. So, a lot to think about. It would be very interesting to see what they do. And But the, the thing about it is if they're both on the field at the same time a lot, you better develop a really good third tailback so that, you know, if one of those guys, and you, you saw it happen to both, 
if one of them gets nicked up, you're you're still good to go back there. Well, yeah, Gash got a scholarship today from walk-on to a scholarship guy. So number good. 41, you're on board, you know. Very so good. Up. Yep. All right. Well, we, we've talked about some of the, the top talent. Now, yeah. uh, Tom Crawford, who's going to be coaching him? <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to, wait, to start out with what I want to have happen? Or uh, do you, let me start out with what I, I, I want to have happen. I want and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, I'll be brief. I'll be brief about. It. I, I just want Jim Harbaugh to to leave. You know, I was I I, I text and sometimes phone call uh, former Michigan players that I've gotten to know. You know, and I was texting with BJ Dickey today, and it's like, oh yeah, here, here you go, here we go again. Death taxes and and Harbaugh flirtation with the NFL rumors and all that stuff, and it's just like where it's it's a fatigue thing, and I I, I really think it's it's a momentum snuffer, if you will. Um, that he's done this now two years in a row. And I think his integrity, uh, the fact, I mean, the fact he's had a, you know, he's reportedly had a, a two hour uh, virtual call with an interview yesterday with the Denver Broncos. I'm curious to know where did, where did that take place? Was that from Jim McElroy Hall? Did you do it in your car? Did you do it at your house? I mean, some of these things are just weird. And I, I, I'm, you know, as a fan, I'm going to think from a fan standpoint, I just think it's time for him to move on and, and, to, to keep that outstanding staff and that outstanding culture, mind you, intact, promote Sharon Moore to head football coach. That would be my druthers. I know Mike Hart would be a viable candidate. And I actually think, John, that Blake Corum is returning because I think he knows that Mike Hart's returning. And I think Mike Hart returning is actually more important to him than Jim Harbaugh returning. Yeah, that very well could be true. And let me let me offer a little bit of the other side of it. I get your feeling. I understand if that happens and Michigan was able to keep most of the staff together. Um, you know, I, I would be okay would with that. Would you sign up for that? Would you sign up for that? Somebody put that in a Okay, John, you can have Sharon Moore. The, the staff is pretty much might lose one, whatever. Would you sign up for that right now and say deal? I would say that would be option 1B. Option 1A would be this. Harbaugh gets the big-time deal. Okay, you've proven everything you need to prove to us. We're going to rewrite this contract. You've won the you Big Ten two years year. in a row. I, that last year. I get it. I get it. But what I'm saying is that you do it in such a way that he feels an assurance and the, the, the type of Love that makes up for the 2020 snub. And believe me, I'm I'm a I'm a cynic in this re regard because in some ways I see this uh, this current Harbaugh situation as John Beeline 2.0. I mean, once John Beeline started thinking NBA, as far as I was concerned, he was going to be gone. And the very next year, after he had the NBA flirt flirtation, he was gone. OK, it, it was like he that was what he wanted and what he saw as his next step. We know Jim Harbaugh still has an interest in the NFL. Is there anything that Michigan could do to uh, to make it such that Jim finally says, you know what? This is this really is the place for me has a Bo Schembechler moment, you know, because look at uh, you haven't had. Uh, I saw this came up today. The back-to-back -back top three finishes in the AP pool poll. It's been the late 40s 
in Michigan football since that happened. Look at what he's accomplished. Look at what he has going. And I get it. This is in year, in year uh, seven and eight. He did that, John. In year seven and eight. Mike. In year seven and eight. Yep, okay. I understand. Okay. But okay. he's there now. He. My point is, he is there now. And would but, you rather but, but, build but, on but, this he, as long as it, you can? Want to be there. He. The thing of it is, I don't want somebody who doesn't want to be here. And he's showing that he doesn't want to be here. He's not fully committed. It's like it's like uh, people, you know. Uh, you're renewing your vows. Yeah, we're you know well. We're, let's stay married another year. But you know, hey, you, ne you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it's almost like it's everything. Everything with him is a disclaimer. You know what I nobody mean? Nobody knows. Like, the, hey, nobody knows the I'm future, gonna, honey. If I meet somebody else, you know, hey, I might be gone. But you know what? Hey, but let's let's renew for another year. I mean that that I mean as crazy as that seems. I mean that's what it is. And 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 I you know, Harbaugh is a good coach. Okay, but of those four teams in the CFP. What was the least prepared team? Michigan. Michigan was the least. This dude has lost six bowl games in a row, okay? His team got rolled in the Georgia game. I get that last year. They were better. But they had no reason to, to play like that. In that first half, you're down 21-3 to to TCU that absolutely got obliterated by Georgia last night. I mean, that, that game last night where Georgia beat down on, on – TCU was was you know basically a bad look for Michigan. I mean, we heard it uh, all over the place. I mean, what you know, my God, what how, how did Michigan get beat by this team? His team was not prepared. It starts at the head coach, right? If he's re, if he's getting paid the big bucks, making ten million dollars a year, starts at the top, right? So I mean, how? There's no I mean, I, I, you, John, I don't mean I'm I, you know I, I respect your opinion. So, but you think this is the best Michigan can do? I guess I have higher standards. Than I that. think this is the best Michigan has done since 1997. And that's pretty sad. So I'm not saying it's the best Michigan can do, but but go. it's not as easy as it looks if if you look back at what you've had here, especially uh, in the years leading up to Jim Harbaugh coming here. But and you know, what, uh, you know, we, you know we say we say okay, you're seven and eight. I, I get that, but he had. Uh, Ohio State beat in 2016, and that would have been year one of this type of level of of success. And uh, and then I think they lost their way a little bit. Defensively, they lost their way, and quarterback wise, maybe they lost their way. And and now they've found those things, and I really think they could have a, a four or five year stretch here where they could be playing at uh, knocking on the door, making the playoffs every year. It's going to get a lot easier. We, we've noted that. But making the playoffs every year and being one of those, one of the handful of teams that is considered a, uh, a threat to win, win it all. And I totally understand Georgia well, looked like it was going to destroy anybody last night. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 I get that. And Michigan – Michigan probably would have. They, they stay within twenty-eight of them. They stay. They would stay within twenty-eight of them instead of whatever that number was. Okay, fifty. You know, fifty-eight. Okay, uh, sixty-five. My point is this: I'm a, I'm a walk in your shoes kind of guy. Okay, so I'm the parents of a recruit, a 2024 recruit, or even mm -hmm. the 23 recruits that are maybe you know coming in at the end of the year. Okay, 
So what am I going to think that, you know, this guy flirted last year, he's doing it again this year. So if he re-inks, re-inks again, as Michigan just sits there uh, on like a stalled vehicle on the side of the road, I'm talking about administrative wise, well, waiting for this guy to figure out what he wants to do this year. Um, how much confidence would you have this program is going to stay unified? Uh, with Because when a head coach leaves, typically a lot of guys go with him. That's kind of how that works. And then yep. if you got an outside hire, you got a complete reshuffle of the deck. You got a complete new offense. The portal is going to be, you know, filling up. And I mean, so walk in the shoes of a recruit right now. So when you're sitting here, you know, on whatever this day is, June 9th, June 10th, whatever this day is, um, what what's in your mindset? You know, I mean, where where how can you believe, how can you trust this guy? Uh, when he does not definitively say, I'm not interested in, uh, in any NFL job, if that's so he believes, he wants to always, he always wants to flirt with it, okay? Why, why do, where's the trust in Jim Harbaugh and the parent of a player? It hurts you, no question. It hurt you last year. It will hurt you this year. Now. I mean, my God, you're coming off the second Big Ten championship. Your recruiting is pathetic compared to what it should be. It with for what it should be. I mean, look at Georgia last, and I, I know Georgia's a mark, but but this is re- Michigan cavernously is so far behind them talent wise. Do you know Georgia? Uh, the eighty five scholarship kids they have sixty five kids that are four and five star. Sixty five out of eighty five. You get at least got to get a little closer in that particular when you're leveraging, leveraging back to back Big Ten titles and CFP appearances. That's but that is being that to me is being stymied by this flirtation. This should be a leap of, this should be, a, we should be just all excited, leaping forward. Oh, Harbaugh's got a cook in, but no, we don't know who the coach is. That's how you open it. It's crazy. I think it's, I think it's, un, uh, it undercuts what you're trying to accomplish in exactly. terms of building confidence. Now, yeah. recruiting wise, I think that NIL is still a bigger factor than Harbaugh in limbo. I do. And I think that they're working on uh, that and bringing it up to a higher level. But those are those are your two two biggest components to uh, to build a dynasty for the next ten years: NIL and a a clear cut, solid, excellent head coach who is locked in and wants to be here just every bit as much as. Glenn E. Bo Schembechler did when well, we uh, haven't even talked about this little caveat with the NC2A investigation. Where I was Evan about Finley, to go there. It was. I know you're going to go there, but I mean, where where he where Jim put you know allegedly was not forthcoming. Why weren't you forthcoming? I mean, um, I, I I don't get that, and I still have trouble with the Mozzie Smith thing. I, I I really do, and that goes on Ward too. I mean, let's just if it why why are you why are you just going to cover it up, and then all of a sudden you come out with it after it comes out. I mean, why 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 weren't you why why didn't you address it at the time? I I I I I don't get that. I, I struggle with that, particularly when you go and criticize Michigan State, justifiably so, mind you. But then hypocrisy comes back into play when you aren't forthcoming and and you know you have something and you quote unquote you know covered up. Two things, Mozzie Smith. They dealt with it as soon as the charges were made. Uh, they probably felt like they didn't need to deal with it before that because had there not been those charges, uh, it would have just 
gone the way of a lot of things uh, that get taken care of behind the scenes. Second, Jim Harbaugh, um, from the people, I'll be interested to see how this is put by the NCAA, but some of the folks were saying it, it wasn't so much that he uh, was dishonest about something as it was that he, he they didn't like the way he uh, regarded the, the seriousness of this, that he, he pushed back a little bit on the, on the whole uh, burger aspect. Well, and it was silly because we're in, we're in $5 million, you know, guys get $5 million deals, and I, but it happened two years ago. And I, I guess, but, you know, to, to circle back to it, it's like when I'm watching ESPN this weekend and all I'm seeing are these scrolls with Michigan, you know, uh, NCAA, blah, blah, blah. Harbaugh interviewing, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see that stuff. I mean, that's not good. That's not a good reflection of the program. Everybody's watching games, and that's what you're seeing in the scroll. And I, I you know, Michigan shouldn't be dealing with that crap. And it, yeah. it all goes back, basically, I, to him. I get what you're saying, because when John Beeline left the second time, I mean, after the, the head fake on the first time, my <laughs> thought was, good. Okay, good. Yes, yes. Bye. Done. And understand, this is someone that, in in my estimation, was the best basketball coach in Michigan basketball history. And there's a part of me, believe me, I get it, Tom, part of me that would, would say the same thing if Jim Harbaugh moved on. Because if you're really serious, if that's the next move for you, if that's what you want that badly, then I would rather have someone in Schembechler Hall that is completely locked in exactly. and uh, good to He's go. He's done a good job. He's done a good job. And, I, you know, I still go back to that December or whatever that day, 30th of 2014, how happy I was. Everybody was. It was Kumbaya. It was a coronation there. And and uh, if you had told me at that time that uh, in the next eight years, Jim Harbaugh would get to Michigan to the CFP twice, i go, okay, a couple of big times. I mean, I, I wouldn't be totally happy with it, but it, that would be all right. But it's just all the crap that goes with it, and then the uncertainty at the end of this year. And you know what's going to happen. If he, if, if, if Ward inks up something with him and we're back to another deal, um, it's just going to come back next year. You know, it's just a, I mean, my God, when, when you have Lovey Smith getting fired after one year in the NFL, these, these NFL jobs are revolving doors. So that flirtation is going to be out there stalking this dude forever because he has it. He's got an itch. The itch won't go away, so let him fulfill the itch. I think he's. I think he's. He, you know, he's done a good job. Move on. Wonder where Santa Ono's head is on all of this. On the one hand, he wants to live it uh, to win at the highest level. He experienced that this year. I mean, thirteen and zero. You win in Columbus. You win the Big Ten. Uh, you make the playoffs and know that yes, that's a disappointment at the end. But knowing that the capability is there to you know, take that next step, make that one more play to get to the championship game. Yeah. I, I think there's probably a part of the president that would like to see Jim in place, but there's also uh, that driving pride in Michigan that would probably say, I want a guy that, uh, not that we're going back after Brady Hope, but that would walk to uh, across country yeah. Well, yeah, to no, coach in I, Michigan. I, I, I love that analogy, and 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 I'm not saying that you, you have to have that guy. I don't know how I, I don't know how much 
Jerome Moore, if he's the guy, is enamored being working down there on State Street? I don't know. I mean, he's doing a hell of a job. But people I trust that know way more than me about his performance as a coach, um, I I think he would be a great addition. And and and, and the continuity. I mean, I, you got to admit, John, this culture is so much better than two years ago, and that's all. That's hats off to Harbaugh on that. And he no flipped some of his own personal approach on things and made some great hires. Okay. But if you can just keep, you know, some level of continuity in that staff, keep this, you know, the recruiting there and keep, there's some really good players coming back. Uh, a great quarterback and JJ McCarthy. Um, I, I, I think that would be good. So, but who knows we're, we're doing this podcast or, you know, this uh, live, not a podcast. Wolverine live. Wolverine live. Okay. I misspoke myself. Um, here on a Tuesday night, what look what what does Wednesday morning bring? You know, we we just we just don't know. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to uh, what we do know: the comings and goings of Wolverines. Give me Tom Crawford's uh, biggest loss of those who would still have eligibility had they if they chose to, but uh, they're leaving either for the NFL or the transfer portal. What's the biggest loss on offense among those that group and the biggest loss on defense? Well, I mean, I uh, Luke Schoonmaker, I think, is was is is a big loss. I mean, and 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 I yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, when he got when he got hurt in the uh, Fiesta Bowl, that hurt Michigan. Cause you remember you you saw what Georgia did between the between the seams, you know, between the hash marks with their tight ends. And they got two hell of a great tight ends, okay, mind you. But um, and you know, Scooney could have been involved in that passing game. They could, his presence could have potentially uh, won that game. Um, and so, I mean, I'm just, I mean, there's, I, I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. There, there's probably others that, but he sticks out in my mind because I, I love the tight end position. I think the tight end position is becoming more prominent in college football uh, strategically. And he, he, you know, obviously with, um, with Colston back, you know, uh, now that'd be a heck of a duel. I love two tight ends, and and DJ Turner, despite you know um, the missed tackle, didn't he have the missed tackle uh, that really yes. was that was the play of the game. The uh, missed tackle. He, he's a solid player, man. He no doubt he, he is a great player. DJ Turner, no he's come a long ways, I think, in his development. I've watched him since his freshman year. I've kept an eye on number five, and and uh, I guess if I was to pick one on. And even more than Mike Morris, I think I think he's he's a, he's a really solid one that uh, that would have been nice that bad. All right, then just to supplement your list, I'm going to go with Mike Morris because I think he was an incredible pass rusher mm-hmm. for this team and a real difference maker. The uh, I mean, fitting well into the legacy of Aiden Hutchison and David Ojabo as somebody that could really bring the heat at times. And speaking of Aiden Hutchison, great first year with the Lions. Fantastic job. Unbelievable. Um, And on offense, I I say it's got to be, to for me, got to be Ronnie Bell just because of the leadership that he brought and coming back from the injury. And he he, he made some really big catches, including some down in uh, down in Columbus. So, yeah, but, but, and, and, and God bless Ron, Ron, Ronnie Bell is a guy who's who got back, who can now, you know, did all that rehab and got back to play and that, that, that punt return. And, and now he he's earned the right to go make, you know, make some money. And I, I, I truly believe he's going to make an NFL roster, I, I, obviously, as Scooney and Turner will as well. So, um, you know, I understand totally where they're coming from. 
So we know that football's about matchups. We know that um, Georgia's a darn good football team that sits mm. on the top of the football world for the second straight year. Tell me this, though. Is Georgia really that good? And if they are, how the heck did Ohio State uh, have a two-touchdown lead on them late in the game? And furthermore, is Michigan really that far behind Georgia? Uh, 65-7 winners over TCU while Michigan got beat by TCU for six points. I don't believe a lot of what I just said is really accurate, but you start to compare numbers, and and that's what you come up with. Well, you look at those crazy metrics of uh, I'm comparing the TCU versus Michigan, TCU versus Georgia. I mean, uh, what did TCU get against Michigan? 275 yards on the ground. I mean, think about that for a second, okay? And and what they get last night? 36 net mm-hmm. yards, okay? Um, Quentin Johnson one catch for three yards. I mean, that their Georgia's defense was unfreaking believable and then <laughs> with Stetson Bennett I mean the guys I mean they scored touchdowns in the first five possessions which was crazy and uh I mean Georgia's been doing this all year I mean I go back to a three particular games that I was zeroing in on at the time when they struggled with Missouri mm-hmm. and Kent State uh Kent State uh you know mid-level Mac I mean they Played him fairly. T- they lost by, you know, they lost by a couple of touchdowns down in, down in Athens. But my God, Kent State and then Missouri was a close game, uh, maybe like a four point game. And then, and well, then and Missouri had the lead all the way through that game. And yeah, that game was the one they could have slipped away, and they probably still could have afforded to, to lose it, and they still would have won the championship. But and then the, the Kentucky game was the one I actually saw. Um, that was a sixteen six game. They seemed to play to the level. Of their opponent. This is a team on you. 15 guys went to the NFL the year prior. Mm-hmm. This shows you the magnitude of, of that game. And the I, I've never seen a football game was the last time that I saw a time or a a team that won, you know, had such a huge lead and just a, d- destroyed their opponent. They were utilizing their timeouts for curtain calls for their players to come off the field. Yeah. I mean, that 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 was nuts. That, That's I'm, when you know you're uh, pretty good. That way you're pretty good. But, yeah, because I, I, the compare and contrast, I know the transitive property doesn't always work. But I saw Michigan versus TCU. I saw Georgia versus TCU. And, I, you know, I, I know the, the, the Ohio State, you know, played, you know, they could have won that game. But one thing about Ryan Day, I will say this. He's a hell of a coach when he's got time. He's a hell of a coach uh, off a rebound, you know. and um, I, it didn't surprise me that they played that tough, and they, they could have won that game. I mean, if Marvin Harrison Jr. hadn't got hurt, I think they would have won that game. And so yeah, that's crazy. Surprising. A lot don't of even, don't even bring up that disaster doomsday scenario, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, and and so, um, but yeah, the, the Michigan's got a long way to go, uh, yeah. both in well, talent and and also, uh, you know, in preparation. Let's say that. And, and game day execution and when i yes. speak of georgia you talk about execution not only in the uh let's get this right sense but execution in in the capital punishment sense what they what they levied onto tcu that almost that was the football version of 
of capital punishment. And you know what? Those earlier games that you were talking about for Georgia, all of that led to this narrative that said, well, guess what? Georgia isn't Georgia of last year. They're more vulnerable now. And it was like Georgia walked into that stadium last night and said, watch me. Well, that's Kirby Smart, and, and I and I said this a few weeks ago. Kirby Smart's the next Nick Saban, and I wasn't being really profound in that. Probably everybody else agrees with me. He has the approach about aggression. He want he 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 was really bummed out about how his defense played against Ohio State, and so he challenged his defense aggressiveness. That's what he said. How what, what one word aggressiveness? You know, he said to Holly Rowan sidelines. Okay, and and they like the idea of being the hunter, not the hunted. Even as national champions, they have a chip on the shoulder. He's got it. He's got this down to a science, and and they got a lot of people back next year. My God, they got a soft schedule, softer than uh, in the pre-conference and even Michigan, and and so I, they're going to be back. So there's your bar. I mean, you got Georgia probably going to be back. You probably got Alabama's going to slink in there. So you got two of them right there, you know. And so it's going to be tough sledding, but Michigan can get it done if you know they know they know how far they have to leap to get there. Well, so Michigan in the ESPN's too early look at the top 25 is listed at number three. Now, I believe that's a very legitimate ranking if, in fact, Harbaugh, you know, stays in place regardless of, you know, all of our our qualms about the dalliances with the NFL aside. If he's, he's in place and knowing the personnel that they have coming back, we've talked about some of it, I think that's legit. If he goes... I, all bets are off because you don't know what what they're going to do. I I am convinced that they have will have a plan in place because they faced this scenario last year. Uh, but it, you still, I mean, yeah, it sounds really good on the surface. To uh, okay, we'll we'll move Sharon Moore into that head coaching job. Players love him. He's obviously put together great offensive lines. He's been an offensive uh, coordinator. He's done this. He's done that. Or, you know, there are other candidates. But until you actually see how it all shakes out, you don't know. And so we're held hostage here until it happens. You know, I mean, think that the portal deadline, I think that there's the transfer portal deadline, I think was January, was January 8th, but they have a new portal opening. I think it's post spring football. So, I mean, if Harbaugh leaves, you might get portal people, you know, that might happen later in the year. I'm not, I got to check on that exactly when they can leave. You can still flee to the portal, but yeah, you're right. Uh, but the continuity, I tell you what, Ward better have, I'm, I hope the heck he's got his plan all set. You, you know, your guys doing your romance and thing going on. So get ready to, you know, have him bolt and walk out the door. And I, and I, I just hope he has a plan and, and ready to move and not, let this thing twist in the wind, as I keep saying. Yeah. January 18th. Okay, look at that. Transfer January portal. 18th. All Coming right. Through. I didn't know that. I, okay. The, okay. That's even worse. Okay. So you're, you're so we're sitting here on the 10th. You got eight more days. So, oh, my God. This is not good. This and let's say good. we move we move the head coaches going to the NFL portal to January 10th next year. Yeah. Or even yeah. earlier. Create, create one. But you got to right. have that Black Monday in there so you can figure out what Harbaugh's going to do you know, in the yeah. NFL so for, to, to see if he's going to flirt that year. We will not ignore Michigan basketball this time. Uh, obviously, they started out 3-0 and in the Big Ten, went to Michigan State. If, if ever there was a game I thought that 
Michigan could actually pull out in East Lansing uh, when they're not completely loaded, and I don't think they're loaded with experienced talent at this point. Uh, it was that one because uh, Sparty was clanging away for most of that game, shooting yeah. just as poorly uh, as Michigan. But, you know, they just got just enough done to be able to hang on and, and pull away. Uh, Michigan made a nice rally to uh, to make it a handful of points at the end. But uh, I, your, your thoughts on that one and what you've seen out of Michigan of late? Yeah, it was a slobber knocker. Um, it was a defensive struggle. That, you know, it was two good teams, not great teams. And I think both these teams are, are going to be a lot better uh, come February 18th when they when they return that match in, in Ann Arbor at Chrysler on a Saturday night. I think both will be will be better. But uh, yeah, I said uh, I said on a radio interview on Friday, what locally here, what uh, what are the keys to the game? I said, well, you know, Michigan against uh, it was uh, Penn State had three turnovers the entire game. They only had zero. They had zero turnovers first half of the Penn State game. I said they got to be you know five or below in the turnover that would be nice, and that. Uh, they had four in the first four minutes. And then the other thing I said, they had to, to hit three uh, three from beyond the arc. They were three of 20 from beyond the arc. And, you know, Joey Baker is, is a great addition to this team from Duke. And But he – the addition of Joey Baker was to provide some a perimeter shooting, okay, and um, not dependent on one guy, but one of the variables was he had three solid open looks in that first half. They could have been – hit two of them, wow, difference maker. Uh, they would have won the game, um, but he didn't. He was all – he offered it. And uh, bad shooting, um, and, uh, you know, they, they didn't play very well. And and, and I, I think uh, for Doug McDaniel, the moment was maybe a little bit too big for that freshman point guard. But Michigan will get better. I like – you know, when I go back to the Central game and move forward from that, John, uh, I like – I think this is going to be doable. I think this team is – is uh, now I'm back to thinking they are going to make the tournament, but that starts with a win. Well, they got to beat Northwestern at home on Sunday, but this is a really important game Thursday night in Iowa City. Um, this is a this is a when McCaffrey out um, out uh, of that team. I mean, as a player, the, the France kid. Um, this is an opportunity to win a basketball game, and all these teams are all about the same. I mean, there's there's Purdue is pretty good. The Big Ten is pretty much everybody, and maybe Minnesota throw out on the back end. Everybody else is about the same. So it's a winnable game. Win these next two games, they're in really good shape. Yeah, and don't don't right. don't slight Northwestern because no, I'm not saying yeah, I know that, but that's at home. You got to win home games. Heartbreaks, I, I get it, but they they have really uh, uh, caused some heartbreak for teams uh, in the in the Big Ten so far this year. Um, I like your reference to. Uh, Doug McDaniel learning, I think he will learn, will have learned more from a loss in East Lansing than he has in some of these wins in uh, in Big Ten play. Uh, I, I just think I, he's been a really pleasant surprise so far, yeah. and he's growing. I just uh, I think he'll be a whole lot better in another month of Big Ten basketball. Um, you've got to get consistent effort i think this team all owned up to the fact that uh they they just didn't have the effort that they should have had against central michigan they that hasn't seemed to be a problem since then 
but they've got to work some things out. They've got to have scorers step up. You know, we talked last year. How how often was it that okay, who's their who's their consistent uh, outside shooter? And Caleb Houston at times, but uh, now if it's you know if, if it's not Baker, if it's not uh, Jet Howard stepping up, who do you have? And uh, are they going to be a little more consistent because you're going to need that, especially especially on the road. Yeah, you know no, Joey Baker, yeah oh, even though he overfied it from the you know total overfied from the field, he, he did have five rebounds. So I, I don't want to totally diss on him. So he did some nice things. But, you know, Jed Howard is going to have to learn um, that, I mean, he should, you know, he should watch Jordan Poole as an all-around offensive player because he distributes the ball as well as in, 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 and he's an all-around offensive player as J.P., and um, Jets got a long way. There seems to be some of those trips down the court, John, when you watch in Michigan, and we saw this particularly in the second, in the first half of the Michigan State game, it's like, what what are they trying to accomplish here? It seems like a lot of one-on-one, a lot of desperation. And uh, I think Kobe Bufkin is the, actually the better leader on this team, all-around player than Jed Howard is. I mean, Hunter's obviously the leader leader, but I like Kobe's game, so I think uh, he, he, his improvement will also be very important on this. Great, uh, great comment. Really stepping up, no doubt about it. So uh, we're going to leave it there. Tom Crawford uh, on the Wolverine Live. We appreciate you as always. By next week's podcast, I do believe uh, it, we very could well know the answer to a lot of questions we've been asking tonight, and you might have more clarity. I know we better, and we better soon. All right. Well, it's a, it's a privilege to be on the Wolverine Live with John Borton. <laughs> Till next time, JV. Yes, sir. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.